It's time for the Brotherly Love Podcast. Keeping it real on the Philly sports scene since 2014. But, you know, still, he's yakless. Oh. He's the yakless wonder. He is. My God. Good job, Zach Ertz, baby. Love it. Ertzy, babe. Ertzy, babe. Whether it's the fight in Bills, the birds, the fly guys, the process, or a national headline, these two beauties are talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. Here's your host, Joe O'Donnell. God damn it, I love Chase Sutton. And John Mita. Terry Williams, do me a favor. For one week, can I not talk about you? Yo, yo, yo. SoundCloud, iTunes, the one and only Brotherly Love Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Happy Love Podcast. I am Joe O'Donnell. He is John Mita. John Meats, you're alive. You're alive. I'm alive. Shaking. I made it shaking. home. I made it home. And I didn't want to leave the Republic. I got to be honest with you. What a beautiful place, man. Did you see we Sammy Sosa? The, I don't know. I heard he's white <laughs> now. So I don't know. I I, I might have called him, but I might have missed him. I don't know. Uh, well. But I can could, I could see why he's white now because the sun is just absolutely, it's like being on the equator. It's so damn hot there. So That's somebody beautiful. as pasty as yours truly, if I need a quick tan, head to the quick Dominican tan. Republic? So let me tell you something. You're out there in an hour, and you're learning the lobster. I mean, the sun was so hot, I had to take one day to just not go outside like a vampire. That's how hot it was. It was hot, man. Did that have anything to do with the alcohol consumption? No. People might think that I drank too much alcohol. <laughs> And couldn't make it out. Well, it was why, literally hang on. Hot. why would think? Why would people think that? Why would our good wholesome listeners just assume <laughs> that's the case? I want. Well, they know that I like to have a libation on occasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially a special occasion to. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, and I'm all about getting my my money's worth. You so are. Maybe that's another reason. You know, <laughs> you are. You get. Your, <laughs> there are very few things in life where you do not get your money, my friend. That's it, man. It's a good mantra to live by, to be quite honest. Get your money's worth. Let's get some let's get some brotherly love podcast t shirts with get your money's worth on him. Hashtag Get Your Money's Worth. I like like that. That's got some that's got some swag to it. Joe, there's no doubt that you are the creative driving force of this podcast. Well, Keep it rolling. You know I like it. I'm glad to be back on again. I'm uh, what's a schmedium. It's the combination. It's a combination size. Uh, I'm I'm glad to be I'm glad to be I'm a combo guard when it comes you, to my t-shirt size. You are. Uh, yeah. gl- glad to be back on because uh, I feel like we can get in a rhythm here. And what's kind of like I was thinking about this like driving in to the studio. It's a little depressing that should the Sixers fail to do the impossible or the never been done before and come back and win the series against the Celtics. We will talk Sixers Celtics. We'll talk a little fight and fills. Got a little spread the love for you. Um, we're going to talk a lot about maybe just the NBA in general, some guy named LeBron James. That's all coming up for you here on the Brotherly Love Podcast. But uh, we can get to, into a rhythm now. It's kind of my off offseason. Uh, you're a bit more freed up. And I think our schedules will align here to do this more frequently. They might be shorter sometimes, the podcast. We might talk about who knows what, the weather in China. But uh, what's kind of depressing is that if the Sixers fall short of this uh, improbable, miraculous, however you want to phrase it, comeback in the in the Celtics series could be over by the time most of you listen to this episode. In fact, that series, but you're only then looking at the fight and fills. You only have Phillies baseball really on the Philadelphia sports landscape between now middle of May 
and basically training camp. And that that's, as much as I'm a Phillies fan, as much as I try to watch 100-plus games a year, it's kind of depressing, don't you think? Yeah, it could make for a real long summer. Um, there's no question about it. Just the way the series started, they just got buried so quick, so early. And losing a couple of heartbreakers, it's just, I, I'm with it. And everybody in this town, national people, I, I don't know if the Sixers just took Boston too lightly. I, I know the layoff, is the first game they played in the series, when you have a layoff, I'm sorry, every team is going to come out rusty. They just are. They haven't played in an actual, it's one thing to practice, it's another thing to play in live game action. I think that's kind of how they got caught up in game one. And then they catch some bad breaks in the other couple games. And then next thing you know, you find yourself down 0-3. Yeah. And you and you got to fight for your life before, every night. Before we dive too deep into the series, though. Sure. You know, between now and if the series comes to an end, you know, in the next 48 hours or whatever it is, it's going to be a long few months. And I don't know if we're, you know, overall, so far, it's been a good, it's been a great Philadelphia sports calendar year, right? Obviously, the Super Bowl takes this year and makes it one of the tops ever in Philadelphia sports history. Um, You get the Flyers make the playoffs. You get the Sixers make the playoffs. Phillies are playing good baseball. So there's certainly some, it's a good time to be a Philly sports fan, relatively speaking, a couple of years ago, even when, my gosh, we were talking about last place teams and grease fires left and right and just how depressing it was. But, you know, the next few months, we're going to have to find some other stuff to talk about uh, as a collective sports fan base, most likely, until training camp rolls around. That's kind of, I guess that's my point overall, is that next couple months could be just a little odd because we've been so, we've had so much going on as a fan base in the city of Philadelphia. Well, we're going to have to get our creative minds together and give some people maybe some different Maybe we cover some other teams. I don't know, but well, I'm sure. I'm sure we will. We will get into it. Yeah. There's stuff popping up all the time. I was thinking some interview so. guests, and uh, you know, who knows? Halfway. Whatever. Maybe some in-person podcasts this summer. That's what I'm talking about. Oh no doubt, we'll be live in color put, somewhere. You put the you put the Great American Pub on notice. We are coming back. <laughs> we are returning we, to the Great American Pub. I would love to do that again. That was so much. Yeah, fun. I might keep you away from the car bombs this time around. Yeah, no car bombs. I got a little loose <laughs> towards the end. So, all right, let's. Uh, you started to break it down a bit. Sixers trailing the Celtics three games to one. The most frustrating part about this series, from what you've seen, what you've read, all of that, John Mita, sum it up. The most frustrating part for you has been what? Just turning the, the, the ball over in opportune times. I caught the end of the game, and Ben Simmons. And this team was up four points in overtime with like a minute and 40 seconds to go. In game three, and yeah. Exactly. And they just turn the ball over and lose the game. And, you know, their defense hasn't been as sharp. Uh, that's been – and the other thing is, you look at two things that have killed this teams when they have had losses in the playoffs. It's either one, they shoot terribly from behind the arc. And when I say terribly, like under 30%. And then the other one is turnovers. But the one thing that I think is live and in color that all the fans, that everyone can see right now, is the fact that they need a closer. They need somebody that says, listen, give me the goddamn rock. I'm going to put the team on my back. I'm going to finish, and I'm going to score. And, and, and that's what they're lacking. 
Where so. can, can Ben Simmons grow into that role? He's so young, and we live so much in the moment, and we go through so many highs and lows as sports fans, as media members, right. as players, coach, whatever this, whoever you are, whichever side of the fence you sit on, from a sports standpoint, there's so much today with social media and talk shows, and it's just ad nauseum at times. And for Ben Simmons, this has been a 96-hour span or a week span, whatever it's been, where it's been a little bit of a reality check. It's been a little bit of coming back down to earth. It's a little bit of feet in the fire. And he hasn't exactly handled it all that well. I'm not on the crush Ben Simmons train this week. You know, I may have been on the he's the greatest player ever trained two weeks ago, but I haven't gone down into that ravine with a lot of the national sports folk and a lot of the Philadelphia fan base and a lot of the stuff I see on social media. Media, he He's getting crushed and because he hasn't played that well. Where are you coming out on the Ben Simmons starting to come back down to earth and his jump shot, or lack thereof, really starting to become a, um, I guess, if you take an unbiased opinion of his game, it's a weakness. This is what I keep in mind. What I keep in mind is this, and everyone needs to just pump the brakes here and just understand one thing, okay? This is his first, this is his rookie season. By definition, this is his rookie season. This is his first playoff experience. So we can crush and kill him. Listen, I think he will develop. I think he's going to get better each and every year that he plays the game. But I just think it just, the the one thing that we notice is that, that this team is lacking another piece. That's what they're lacking. They're like one piece away from being an extreme contender. And I think if they get that piece, then, my God, this team is going to be in the mix the next so this team is going to be in the mix like the teams like the Rockets, the Warriors. They're going to be in that upper echelon of top five NBA teams if they get that next piece. Now, who that piece is, I don't know. But these kids are going to get better. Um, I think if we look at one thing and one, you know, one of the weaknesses in the series is the player of Robert Covington. He's been an absolute disappointment. He hasn't shot the ball well. Yeah, he's defended okay, but hey, I one thing is you got to give Brett Brown some credit because he took Roko out of the starting lineup. He starts T.J. McConnell. Pretty much it looked like he had the best game of his career the other night, and it, it was nice that you make an adjustment like that. Did he, take, did he wait is, too long? I mean, because Brett Brown has been – all I'm hearing is Brad Stevens, greatest coach ever. Brad Stevens, right, best coach in the right. NBA. Give me a break. Can we pump the brakes on that, please? What does Brad Stevens want? Right, okay. right. No. Well, I mean, I, I think get Stevenson, I Stevens, get has done an, right. Stevens has done a nice job of, okay, if we can shut Ben Simmons down or neutralize him in some in some way, shape, or form, then that's going to be their Achilles heel. And I think that's kind of what we're looking at right well, now. Well, he's, he's, he's forcing Ben, ben Simmons right. to take shots or right. think about taking right. shots that he doesn't want to take, and he's clearly not right. comfortable taking them. Right. Um, and Embiid, for all of his greatness, certainly has some limitations as far as, you know, he, he just he can't f- score 40 a night. Uh, they right. need somebody else to step up. McConnell's done that from times. Foltz has been MIA. Sarich uh, has been that. okay at times. You know, Bellinelli and Ilasova have gone MIA for the most part. And, you know, they are what they are when that happens. Look, Boston's a good team. And without three of their players that 
are some of their yeah. best players for stretch of the series due to injury. They've shown they have more depth than the Sixers. But keep in mind, folks, Marco Bellinelli's big toe, if it's back a half an inch or his feet are a, uh, one size smaller, this is a 2-2 series. I know you can't look at things that way in life, especially sports, because the ifs, the whats, the, the couldas, shouldas, you know, champions would be made every week on, on some of those, well, if we could change that or this guy right. didn't do this or that guy wasn't hurt. That's why you play the games and the results are the results. But let's not make this out to be Boston now the greatest team ever. They're they're better for the next decade. Like Brad Stevens, coach of the – like let's just pump the brakes to use your phrase. Let's just slow things down a bit. This is a great step for the Sixers. If they lose this series in five – they have taken a step that was much needed. You don't go from eight wins, six wins, ten wins in a season, whatever the hell terrible win numbers they had for all those years, and win the championship. You That does not happen, okay? Period. So you have to take the baby steps. You have to learn how to win. I've been saying that on this podcast for years, not just the Sixers, every team. I'm a big believer. Learn how to win. Go all the way back to the 1980s. And I say all the way back. Some of our listeners are like, that ain't that far back. But the 80s, you look at Wayne Gretzky and the Edmonton Oilers. They got their butts kicked by the New York Islanders in the Stanley Cup final. They learned from that experience how to win. The Oilers went on to be one of the greatest dynasties in any sports era of any any, any generation. You have to learn how to win sometimes. This process, to use that phrase loosely with the Sixers, of course, is an important one. Yeah, I mean, well said. I, I think... If anybody expected this team to go from 29 games to win 52 games and then, you know, get to the Eastern Conference in one year after finally having their nucleus, like everyone intact, I mean, nobody saw this coming. So even if they make it this far and, you know, Boston finds a way to give them the knockout punch, it's still a good season. They've learned a lot of things. They'll have that experience. I thought the, the series against the Miami Heat was a tough, gritty, physical, very extremely physical series that I think is going to pay dividends down the future. Yeah. And a couple of tweaks, you know, a couple of tweaks on the roster. People need to also keep in mind is that in all likelihood, they're going to get the Lakers pick and that pick can be anywhere between, you know, seven and 10. So they could steal a real nice player at that spot just to add and also add a premier free agent. So things are looking up. Can they pull off the impossible? Who knows with this team, right? Did anyone think the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl without Carson Wentz? Hey. I know. Hey. Oh, you did. All right, you did. You did. All right, all right. There were anyway. a few moments where I doubted it, but I held the yeah. faith. Uh, yeah, all right, you did. Let me, you the, the, the I know sure. we'll have a long time this summer to talk about this because the yeah. season's not even over yet, but yeah. they're on all the right. brink. The missing piece. Paul George, yep. LeBron James, Crystal Ball for me, or, or, or John Me Kawhi Leonard. John Me to the GM. Four. Not let's not go into yeah. who they're going to get, what you think they're gonna do. John Me to the GM wants who? Perfect world. Perfect world. I, I think you want LeBron James, the best player in the game today. And people say, Oh, you know, this has been a huge debate, Joe. I know you haven't, sometimes you don't catch a lot of sports talk out here back home, but this debate has been going on for weeks here. And some people are like, oh, you know, he's going to impede the chemistry. He's the same type of player as Ben Simmons. He comes with a lot of baggage. He's 
What if he wants to get rid of some other players on the team? Blah, 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 blah. Do the East guys spend it like seven straight conference finals? Somebody also said that he doesn't make his teammates better. I, I mean, I, I Who said that? Think, well, tell him to put, I'm, I'm tell gonna, put the crack pipe down. Uh, the listener, I'm not going to give names. but uh, listener? Right, but anyway, One of I'm our listeners? One of our seven listeners was that that high. Yeah, well, here's LeBron James. One thing is he's one of the most unselfish basketball players I've ever seen. The first time I watched him play only has been in college when he was at, I mean, not in college, when he was playing in high school. The first thing that came out of mouth was, my God, this guy loves to pass, pass the basketball. I've never seen a more unselfish type star in my entire life. I mean, this guy. And the other thing also is that now he's becoming more of a finisher in his yes. career. Yes. Early in yes. his career, he got crushed for distributing yes. with three seconds Absolutely. left. Oh, he doesn't Absolutely. want the big shot. He won't take the big he shot. He can't make the big shot because he would dish it to a guy like, I don't know, whoever the f- before Kevin Love was on those crappy right. Cleveland teams that he carried all the way to the finals. Absolutely. He was that guy. He, there's no question about it. He, he never hit game winners. But now you can see the alpha dog in him. Right. Because Cleveland doesn't have those strong pieces, like the pieces that he played with in Miami. He's like, I'm going to take over. And if you look at the 76ers right now, they need somebody that says, listen, Ben Simmons isn't scoring. Jordan B's not getting his shots. I'm going to take over the basketball game, and I'm going to win it. And that's the type of player you need. And if he comes to the Sixers, you can book it. They will be in the NBA Finals. And depending on who else they add, who's to say that they can't win a championship? Yeah. Let's go back to Ben Simmons for a minute here on the Brotherly Love Podcast, SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Twitter at Love Podcast. Because, again, he's been getting roasted a lot. I listen to a lot of Colin Cowherd, Dan Patrick, Stephen A. Smith, Will Kane Show, you name it. Uh, and I generally listen to it out here on Sports Talk Radio more than national stuff. And it is a lot of debate right now about Simmons' game, his lack of a jump shot, how he's crushed him in the series. Uh, he's been he's been outdone by Tatum. He's been on the bench. McConnell's been better. Like, you name the narrative in a negative way about Ben Simmons, and it's been carried the last few nights and days. And, and then there's like, well, he'll be great for a long time. So... The national media is not like this guy's a bum, but they're just like this has been a terrible series for him. And and I wonder mentally what it does to a young kid when he he appears very confident, he appears to have swag, he appears to be a great player in the making. We've seen it, the proofs in the pudding, but this has been a tough few games for him and I wonder what we get from Ben Simmons because of this. Do we get true growth and development? Does he does he become stronger because of it? Or is this a type of series where now future seasons, we wonder about how he handles adversity? Any early takes on how you think this kid will respond? Well, that, that's, a, that's a fantastic point, the way you bring that up. You look at some of the greatest players of all time. They've all gone through this type of adversity where they came up short, where they weren't being able to finish. And that is another prime reason why LeBron James should be on this basketball team next year. To, again, take this kid under his wing a little more and show him how to get it done. Show him how to win those battles, both the physical and the mental battles of, you know, playing, you know, big time NBA basketball. And 
I think he's going to be fine. He's still so damn young. This team is so young. That's where all these national people need to just back up. But Boston still is young. Well, that's all. And and Boston's not best. showing well, some I of these words. Yeah, well, yeah, but they have the seasoned veterans. They got the Marcus Smarts of the world. They got the more. I mean, they still have some veterans on their roster that have been in some some big time games. So. And, and when they get Kyrie Irving back and Gordon Hayward and God knows what draft picks and what else Danny Ainge is up to, I mean, they are going to be the creme de la creme in the East. Yeah. It's going to be Boston and Philly for the next whatever. And that's and it's great that this rivalry gets renewed this year. But I, I think these guys are all young, man. And here's the other deal. Could you imagine if, if Mark called Fultz, and I know what you kind of touched on it with the sure would have could have, like if he was, again, he's so young, he's a rookie as well, if he can contribute, you know, if he takes his game to the next level, if he's confident. I know. I, he's, I mean, he's an guys, X factor because you don't know. Like I'd love to say right. next year, yeah. next year yeah. he's, he's it's really his rookie year. Yeah. And boy, how yeah. much better they'll be. I'm not sold, man. I'm sorry, and I hope I'm wrong. No. But I'm. I, I know. I don't want to say I'm scared, but the last yeah. few weeks, all right, he was. It was such an enigma. We didn't know what was wrong with him. What happened? His jump shot. We went over it and over, it, and everybody in the sports world in Philly went over it. Then he came back, and it was like, whoa, he's here. This is it. This is what we waited for. We don't know why we waited so long, but it's finally Christmas morning, and here he is with a triple double. And he can hit a few shots, and he's facilitating. Boy, it's fun, and they're winning 16 in a row. And now he's, like, dead again. I would give this kid three minutes a game. Right, just because— Just to get yeah. the feel. Okay. And, and I, I blame Brett Brown. I'm sorry. No, you don't do be sorry. Things. Don't be sorry. It's his decision not to play the kid, right? It's a coach's decision. I look at the box score. They call it a did yeah. not dress, did not dress. Did not participate. Coach's yeah, decision, did, right? Did, did not play, whatever the hell it is. But it's game, a coach's yeah. decision. I mean, he's he's wearing the, he's got the uniform on. He ain't playing. And and I'll bring up this analogy because when they brought Ben Simmons back late in game two, when McConnell was playing better and the team had a chance to win, Simmons came back in with like six minutes left. And they pooped the bed, and it was Ben Simmons needs to get that you know experience, that trial under fire. Okay, if that's the case, then why the hell isn't Fultz in the game? If you're going to break in Ben Simmons and let him experience heartbreak and pain and adversity, why aren't you doing it to the other kid? Why is he allowed the Nelson Aguilar uh, pass where he's just like, well, I'm just not in it? I'm pulling myself. I got to sit this one out. Whatever the situation, whatever the hell is going on there, I it just bothers me, man. I said it last podcast. I'll say it again. Get him off of the damn bench if he's not part of the rotation. I'm tired of it. I know they don't really have like a press box for the scratches like they're doing hockey. Guys are in suits on the bench at the end of the bench. Markel Fultz was a cheerleader for TJ McConnell last game. Let me repeat that. Markel Fultz was a cheerleader for TJ McConnell the last game, period. That's all he did, and that's disappointing. That's the part I don't get. Either say something's up or play the damn kid. Yeah, I got really nothing to add. I, I would love to just let him get a couple minutes. doesn't matter if it's the end of the quarter. You want to give Ben a two-minute breather. Use your timeouts. Use the TV timeouts. I mean, everybody knows that you get more timeouts now that they're in the playoffs. My God, these games take forever. Yeah. So, 
I would just like to see what he can do because he can do other things. No, a lot of guys on this team can't shoot the goddamn ball. So what what difference does it make? Right. If he can rebound, if he can push the floor ball off the floor, if he can make layups, like yeah, I'd like to see him get some type of and all that just for confidence and just keeping him interested and yeah. not losing him. Yes. So final thing on the Sixers: Do they extend the series to a six game back in Philadelphia? Yeah, I, I just I can't see them going down. I think they're going to find an, I think they're going to have a magical performance. All right. You know, they, yeah. Then one so. one step me one more time. One step further. What how yeah. does the series when, end? Oh, man. I think they force it to a game 7, but they might lose in 7. All right. I like the I like the optimism. Let's shift gears so. to the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh kind of wanted to lead with it and forgot about it, but Aaron Nola was unbelievable tonight again. Career best 12 strikeouts. He improves uh, with another another win, it's now four straight starts and five of the last six, seven innings or more. He throws 109 pitches, 70-plus for strikes, and Aaron Knowles' ERA is sitting right around two. Now, there have been some peaks and valleys in the brief career of Aaron Nola. There was draft pick, makes his debut, this kid's the ace, I'm ready to buy every piece of Aaron Nola's swag on the planet. Then there was not-so-good Aaron Nola. This guy's a three at best. He can't pitch. He's a bum. He's hurt. Now he's back to top-of-the-rotation type stuff. I saw something the other day from a scout on Twitter. Like, the guy said there aren't 10 pitchers in baseball he'd take over Aaron Nola right now with the way he's throwing. You couple that with Jake Arrieta, who right now looks like a great signing by the Phillies and Matt Clentech. Got to give credit where it's due. I know it's a long year, but right now that signing looks outstanding. And now all of a sudden you have Nola and Arietta, and who cares about everybody else? We've seen in baseball, you have a couple of good starters. It's better than having a bunch of garbage. And the Phillies all of a sudden are giving themselves a chance because of their starting pitching. They have some youth there, and it's certainly now a team that uh, is – playing above anybody's expectations at 20 and 15 the Philadelphia Phillies are a half game out of first pay, uh, first place John Mita it's the middle of May I know it's a long season but my god this Phillies team might give us something to cheer about this summer well I mean you touched on the starting pitching I really think if you need to contend and make the playoffs you need like three solid pitchers so who's to say that the Phillies just don't go out the deadline maybe pull another trigger um, just to get one more starter that you can trust. But this is a great season, too, because they have so many young pieces that you really have to find out about. The Reese Hoskins, I think, you know, he's pretty damn legitimate. J.P. Crawford's still on the fence. Nick Williams, that's the other thing. It's like the core is coming around. If they can add a couple free agents, you know, Manny Machado maybe or Bryce Harper, I mean, they'll be in the mix. But you look at Aaron Nolan, you talked about him before. I think if you look at pitchers, I think it's like the three-year thing with them, right? They come up, they have a couple flashes, they get beat up a little bit. People, hitters start to figure them out. And then as they come into like their third year, I really think they need, they start to hit their stride. And that's, I think, kind of what we're seeing with Nola is, I think he's getting comfortable, comfortable in his role. And who knows? We don't even know what he's learning from Marietta. Maybe Arietta's like the big brother pitcher, like, hey, this is what I see, and this is how I would pitch this guy. But it's it's exciting to see what this team can do. We were all killing the manager, me included, just burying him. But it's nice to see he's letting Nola pitch a little more than 60 pitches a game. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, far, so, uh, far cry from opening day. No question that. I guess he just wanted to make sure they had plenty of coconut oil, and he got he kept that arm fresh and lubed. I guess I don't know. So you see right now with the youth of the Phillies, potential for more at the deadline, you're pretty much on board with the with the Phillies, quote-unquote, process. I think so, because I think next year is going to be the year where they spend some money and free agency. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what's fun is to watch these kids that we've talked about for years, but the last couple of years we haven't gotten that luxury, right? We had the Tommy Joseph experiment that blew up. We've had, you know, guys that – were just not the right signings that were stop gaps that just never panned out, that never put up the numbers they were hoping for. And I think now when you just put them on, it's like if they don't play that well, I think it's okay because it, Crawford, Kingery, Williams, Altair, Hoskins, Herrera, like was it six guys I just named that are all early 20s that at least are going to play with energy? At least you're going to play with some excitement. And they might not hit every night. And they might not field great. And they might make some boneheaded mistakes. I mean, God knows seeing seen that with Herrera. I was ready to ship him out of town. But the guy's hitting 346 right now. Looks like a good move that they didn't ship him. I know. Long season. I'm with it. I'm going to stay in the moment here. But this team has some youth. They have some, yeah, you know what? I will go to the ballpark tonight. Because Arietta's on the hill. Because Nola's on the hill. Because Hoskins is smashing the ball the last 10 days. And they have a reason to turn in, tune into the broadcast. For really, you could argue the first time in a couple of years uh, since the end of that, essentially, in our eyes, a dynasty run there in the NL East. Now, with yep. all that said, Tom McCarthy stinks. I can't listen to him. I have to. I still do. But my God, is it painful. And I think that Moobs himself is bringing John Cruck down. I've noticed a dip in my like ability or my... Uh, well, that term be uh, like that rating, you know, when they have that like rating scale on how you feel about somebody, it, it's yeah. dipping. The John Crook. It, so you it, went from satisfied to dissatisfied. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm dipping into the dissatisfied pool with my John Crook color analysis because before it was like, well, he's goofy, he's wacky, it's Crook. You know, we love him. Ninety three fills. He's got a mullet. Whatever. Like. At least, at least I can handle him to go with the moves that I can't stand. But moves is so bad, I think he's bringing Cruck down with him. So, dear God, we need a dear God segment. Dear yeah. God, Phillies, please get moves out of there before the Phillies are really relevant again and people want to watch baseball July, August, and September while they're at the beach. All right? Please, God. Yeah. Dear God. Anyway. That's pretty good. All right, let's spread like the it. love, brother. Let's spread the love. We always... We have to end with a little positivity here. That's what we do here on the Brotherly Love Podcast. All right, I'm going to spread the love to a former flyer. And uh, I guess you could say longtime NHLer and enforcer Dan Carbomb Carcillo. All right. A couple days ago, Carcillo, May 2nd, tweeted, this is one of the... Scariest and hardest things I've ever had to write, but here it goes. I am pledging my brain to Ted Carrick and the Carrick Institute to be used for study and furthering understanding of the consequences of traumatic brain injury when I pass. And he tagged the NHL. A little 
mistype uh, there by Carcillo. I don't need. I don't think you need furthering understanding. Just further understanding. But whatever. The point is that Dan Carcillo is going to donate his brain when he passes uh, to help. You know that that process of studying brain injuries and hoping that it helps the NHL down the line and other sports as well. And so I applaud and spread the love to Dan Carcillo. You can follow him on Twitter at CarBombBoom13. <laughs> of course. Uh, Dan Carcillo, I spread the love because he has announced publicly he will donate his brain after he passes, whenever that is, to help uh, those future players and, and our understanding medically of traumatic brain injury and CTE. So good job, CarBomb, Dan Carcillo. I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to spread the love to the most hated baseball team in my lifetime, the New York Yankees. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm doing it. But a month ago, they uh, were kind of down the mix of a little girl that was being bullied at school for years. And what they did was they pretty much sent out a Facebook message and everybody uses those basically cards to get their message out there, kind of like a silent message. And they contacted this girl, contacted her family, and it was a uh, it was a great move by that organization and those players saying that they had that little girl's back. And it's nice to know that these you know sports heroes, these players, that they can they can come to the cause because you know bullying in schools we've all seen it worldwide in this country. It is a tremendous problem. It's been a problem that has led to some of the some of the shootings in this mass shootings in this country. So big kudos to the Yankees stepping up and uh, you know supporting that girl that's been bullied. A oh, nicely found uh, story by you. Good job, brother. Thank you, brother. All right, what else you got? Anything? That's it, man. Let's go Sixers. One game at a time, baby. One game at a time. And hold on, hold on. Yeah. I got to give a shout-out to one of our listeners, one of our good friends, the mayor of Wayne, is turning 40 tomorrow. Wow. So, yeah. Well, that is perfect timing because I was just about to say, happy birthday, Mayor Wayne. Uh, I was just about to say that I got a scoop Sixers and seven, and it involves the mayor of Wayne. Nice. I received a text message that the mayor of Wayne, rolling through the streets of G Hill, Rosemont, Bryn Mawr, whatever you want to call it, did a drive by, did a drive by wave to a uh, someone we both know, another one of our listeners, and the text message said, "Let me. I want to make sure I quote this properly here." And uh, let's see here. Dig it up. It's in the uh, it's in a group text here. Here we go. Drive by hello from Klaus Sixers and seven. <laughs> and I think that's, that's perfect. So Mayor that's Wayne, typical. keep up the good vibes, brother. You got it. That's what's up. All that's right. What's up. Good job, John. Thanks everybody it. for listening. Good job, Joe. As always, you're the best. How about a little journey to take us out tonight? <laughs> journey. Oh boy. Well, who's I'm crying sure now? I'm sure they're playing at the Borgata this summer. You know, hang sure. on. I got to kill the journey for a second. I want to play something else. Hang on. All right. Come on. Bring it's, it. Uh, here at the studio, this says, uh, this sound bite says Trump fake news. I haven't listened to it. It's only one second long. Let's see what it is. Hang on. You are fake news. Oh, there you go. That's kind of what I thought it might be. Yeah. But, uh, just good to check. 
All right, in the All future, right. we got a fake news soundbite if we need it. All right, good. All right, brother. Yeah. All right, buddy. Be well, and uh, hopefully we will reconvene talking about what a miraculous comeback this was. You got it. Weekly now. Brother of the Love Podcast. Weekly. Get ready for it. Yep. And Godspeed. Godspeed. John made a great job. I am Joe O'Donnell. Till next time. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.